Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. We too have a life that we're living. We too are desiring to see your glory in our lives and your faithfulness. Allow us also to run faithfully, Lord, and to compete as one not swinging at the air, but that we might finish and see your glory in our lives, O oh God. We give you thanks for every trial. We give you thanks for adversity and hardship. And in times of difficulty, we do not grow weary, for our hope is in you. Our trust is upon the Lord. And those who trust upon God shall not be put to shame. Your word has established this, that those who overcome will be gloriously manifest as a light that shines in darkness, O oh God. We pray that you would bless your word tonight and allow it to be our hope and our strength and that it would be like we always pray, the good seed planted in a good heart that would give forth good fruit, O oh God. And we know that you're faithful to do much more than we could ever expect or ask. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Um, the Bible gives us a sure future called the harvest. And a harvest is that which we experience. It's actually defined in the dictionary as the process of bringing forth mature fruit. The harvest. To be able to start off with a, a seed. To be able to prepare a land. The selection of those who sow seeds, they do, not, they do not waste any time in just throwing any seed to the ground. The selection of, of prime, highest grade of seed has the promise of the highest grade return of a harvest. And it's not any wonder that this concept of harvest is so touched upon at church because God began all things and say with me placing man in a garden God God is into the cultivating of fruit and we see this from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8 it says the Lord prepared for man a garden I like to read scripture slow because we didn't even know how the garden got there, but we know that God prepared the garden. As it says, God planted a garden, and it was in Eden, and there he put man whom he had formed. I hope you're not too far from the appreciation of what it is to be in a garden. I don't know how experienced you are in a garden, and... It says there in verse 9 that he made to grow every tree that was pleasant. Out of the ground, the Lord made every tree to grow that is pleasant. The sight, pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was there in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everything is there in that place. And the Bible says 
that God placed man right there in that garden. Um, I'm not very versed, and I, 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 I'm not very well in gardening skills. I remember I had a lot of time after high school, and so I decided that I would go and, and buy a gardenia, my favorite plant. It's a white flower. It smells amazing. And I brought it over to the house, and I put it in the pot, and I came out every morning, and nothing was happening. And three weeks later, I got very upset, and I threw it away. That's, that's no patience for fruit and flower there. It had no flower, so um, I'm reading the Bible, and it says that this tree planted next to the water will give forth fruit, say with me, in season. It wasn't seasoned for flowers on the gardenia. And I rushed to judgment, and that wasn't a good thing. Everything in our life is an expression of the season and the harvest and the fruit we will bear. Everything. Everything. And God desires, it's his desire that we would, he says, he blessed man. He says, be full of fruit, increase. I hope that you've been a Christian long enough to know that when you're doing what God wants, the progression is greater fruit. It's normal. I don't know if you've ever seen an orange tree sweat giving forth oranges. No, there's no sweat. The natural expression of every tree is to give forth fruit. You are the greatest seed that God has planted and he says that your good works will be manifested fruit that will talk about God when God when people see your life they will see God it will testify and so God has set all things everything in our life is a season of planting cultivating harvesting fruit Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, as long as the earth is in existence, there's going to be seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. When people look at me and they're frustrated, they're, Pastor, there's no fruit. I say, you didn't sow any seed. What, what did you sow? Well, I was waiting. Well, the Bible says he who sows the wind reaps the whirlwind. He who sows nothing doesn't get nothing, gets a tornado in his life. It goes in any direction. It's fast and furious, and it is grasping for the wind. There's nothing there. And so we need to, I'm telling you, my life a lot of people see my life and they're like, how? You guys have no clue. Seeds planted 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 12 years ago. Well, I've been a Christian two weeks and nothing's happened. Listen, what's happening is God is showing mercy on you tonight and promising you that whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible 
continues to talk about this topic of, of seed time and harvest throughout. And here we are almost 5,000 years later in creation. And Paul writes to the Galatians, do not be deceived. Don't, don't, don't fool yourself. Don't play games. Don't play games with yourself. Don't, don't let somebody uh, think it's a brouhaha. It's a little magic pixie dust and things happen. Uh, what, what did some of these Walt Disney movies are? It's just click your heels and it's happening. No, my friend. It's whatever you sow. God is not going to be made fun of. There's, there's a season for seed and harvest. Whatever you, it says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, whatever you plant, that's what you're going to reap. And crazy, false religions say, man, this is karma. What I do comes back to me. No, has nothing to do with that. What seed did you sow? Don't expect, and, and you know, I was talking to a Cuban war, war guajiro, and he tells him, hey, if you plant an avocado, you don't get a mango. If you plant an avocado, you can expect an avocado. If you plant a mango, you expect a mango. What seed are you sowing? So, so many people are always having an expression of severe discontent. Why is it that my life is walking in this direction? Why are these the fruits of what I'm tasting? And, and, and God is faithful in Proverbs 1.22. He says, listen to me. When you're playing your own games, instead of being fruitful, you're going to have a fruit you're not going to like too much. And the expression of your life becomes a, a, a manifestation of, of your ways he says you will be filled with the fruit of your own ways proverbs 1 and we're reading there in verse 31 proverbs 131 therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with baskets of that which they sowed. Throughout the Bible, God continues to watch over us and talk about how He cares for us as a garden which He is super impressed to show forth the fruit. It says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, that he would walk through the garden every day to be able to contemplate whatever has been planted. Fruit pleasant to the eyes, fruit pleasant to the taste, fragrance. I don't, I don't know if you've ever, you know, when you live in the city, it's kind of hard. They, they call the city concrete jungle because there's buildings and streets. There's no flowers, there's no fruit, so, so even the fruit, the, the trees we have here, you're not going to smell any fragrance. You might smell a little Lysol, because we fudged it. But God, it says there, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. 
in just in the cool of the afternoon and there's already things taking place where where man and woman were running from God not able to understand there's two things here that the Bible splits down the middle you're gonna be an incredible fruitful land when you listen to God and follow him or you will be a desolate wilderness I don't know what you can find in the wilderness, but can you tell me? There's these bushes in the wilderness that are called... Oh, man. They're called... What are they called? No, it's not a thorn bush. It's actually... It's, it's a... It has no roots. Tumbleweed. Somebody said it. Listen to me. In the desert, you have tumbleweeds. No roots, no fruits, no flowers, no leaves. What do they do the whole time? They're always moving, and they're never planted. Do you know anybody like that? They, they cannot flourish. There's never a time where they take root and grow and they're always being blown here and there and they're, they never bear fruit well Psalm 92 verse 12 David says that it's those that are planted in a special place the ones that flourish and bear much fruit Psalm 92 verse 12 let's go there he says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree he shall grow like cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. In the eyes of God. In the order of God. How far are your roots going down? They, they say as far as your roots go down, that's what determines how far you go up. If you have shallow roots, you have shallow growth, shallow ability to be fruitful. And here God is saying, I want you guys not to be a desert, not to cultivate yourselves in the desert, not to cultivate in a dry place, but that you would be in the house of God and that you would flourish in the courts of the Lord. And so the more we're able to do that, the more we see his glory. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 verse 12 he says, if you're able to walk deep with me, committed with me, consistent with me, if you really allow the process of time to have its way, everyone will say, all nations will say, wow, it's a delightful land. It's a land full of the expression of amazing fruit. It's a land that people will be impressed. The nations will call you blessed. Fruitful land will be, your land will be a delight. He tells his people, if you guys follow me, I'm going to lead you to a place. And in that place, you're going to flourish like there's no other flourishing possible. Exodus chapter 3 verse 8, he says... And so I have come to rescue you. 
How many feel that God wants to grab you, put you in the place that you belong, begin to care for you as tender? Because when something is starting out, is, is you got to take care of it. I have come down to rescue them out of the hand of this world and to bring them up from the land to a good, say good, and large land. It flows with milk and honey. There's going to be a good, I was talking to a young man right before coming here tonight, and I said, if you do what's right, your future is going to be distilling milk and honey. You're going to be living in the land of pleasure, in the land of rejoicing. In the land, Isaiah 58, 11 says this, The Lord will guide you always to meet your needs. In a desert place, He will bring you out from there, and you will be like a well-watered garden. You will be a spring whose waters never fail. How many want to be a well-watered garden? A well-watered. Have you seen a plant that's not well-watered? The verse or the word that they use is called strain. Have you ever seen anybody strain? <coughs> you're, trying to get, you're trying to get something going and nothing's happening. In a well-watered place, the dew of heaven continually falls. I had friends of mine that own landscape companies, and in this, um, what they call a greenhouse, there's... There's water every half hour. Psst. 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 And the trees are going, Ay, que rico. In Miami. In Miami. In a sun-scorched land, you will be like a well-watered garden. And, and many times we're stripped for our blooming. Many times we're stripped for our flourishing, our flowering. Many times we are not having the expression of, ay, que rico. This is awesome. The Bible promises that if you stay in that place, if you're planted in the house of the Lord, Psalm 92 verse 14 says, still bearing fruit in their old age, in their advanced time of season, they're still, 92 verse 14, they're still bearing fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and flourishing. Flesh, fresh and flourishing. And so the psalm says in verse 15, they will be proclaiming that the Lord is upright. He's a real solid place. There's no wickedness in him. God is not conniving to not make you fruitful. God placed Adam in a place to flourish. He placed him there so he could be an expert to tend and cultivate the garden. This type of cultivating is to assure an amazing fruit. And that is God's plan for us. One of the things that you have to understand that growth comes from God. 1 Corinthians 3, 7. It's not important him who plants. It's not important him who waters. But God is the one that makes all things grow. God is the one that's determining. Somebody got very upset. They said, well, how 
God is so dumb that he puts a small walnut in a big tree that's strong, and then he puts a big pumpkin on the ground on a vine. Why doesn't he put the big fruit up on the tree and the little one down on the vine? And somebody says, because if that pumpkin falls on your head, then you'll thank God that he did it the opposite way. He knows all things. He knows how. He knows the fruit. He knows where to put it. I was talking to a man who's in the lemon business. Here's what he says. Ready? The big lemons grow at the bottom of the lemon tree. The small ones at the top. The big lemons you get, they're on the same tree, but you get a big lemon, a four-inch lemon on the bottom, and you get a, a two-inch lemon on the top, a one-inch. And, and I was like, wow. And all of a sudden it came to me, the closer you are to God, the smaller you want to be. The more humble you want to show off. God is greater in all of creation, acknowledges his presence, and they know these things. And you can pray according to the word of God. You can say, Lord, you know, make my life a fruitful tree. Make my... There, there are times, I'm going to confess something, 15 years ago, I had so much fruit in my life that I was bending over like this. And God came and cut all that fruit, and I go, thank you, Lord. He removes the fruit because he's not going to stress you out with the overwhelming amount of fruit. He would only give you the fruit that you're ready to be able to handle. Why would you want to be stressed out where you're not ready to handle something? And so you say, Lord, continue to make me strong, make me fruitful. In Psalm 90, verse 17, you say, Lord, bless the works of my hands. Establish me in your purpose. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And let him be the one who determines the season you're in. Yes, let him be the one that sets what's going on in your life. Let him show you the expression. And so Jesus comes and he wants to tell people about God. Who do you think he uses? He uses the parable of the sower. He says, let's go back to the garden. Let me tell you how it is. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, he says like this. He says, uh, as he approached the people, Matthew 13, 1, on the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, verse 2, and a great number gathered to him that he got into the boat and sat there with the whole multitude stood on the shore, verse 3. Then he spoke to them many parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell in different places. There, there are people that are going to grab this word tonight and make sure it comes all the way inside their heart. There's some that will just let it just like tickle their ears. Others will let it just like be just by the end of the service. They'll say, what was the service about? They won't even know. But good seed goes deep. And it says that the birds don't like the seeds. The devil's trying to figure out how he could remove this teaching from our lives so that the seed doesn't go where it's supposed to go. The birds came and ate some of it up. They distracted people looking at their watches, others figuring out how long it's going to take. 
the worries and the cares of this life came up like the sun and scorched the plant and they withered because they had no root other seed verse 7 fell among the thorns and grew up and choked the plant still others fell on good soil where it produced a crop of 160 30 times what was sown whoever has ears let him hear so the disciples didn't like that too much when he was sharing and they say why do you speak to the people in parables and he began to explain why and then he begins to explain the parable everything God is doing and, and, and as people as seasons go by people look at their lives and they're discontent with the harvest they're discontent with where they're at in the Lord we were explaining that in the life, life of Joseph in Genesis 49:22, he had gone through so much hardship and the hardship served the purpose to say Joseph is a fruitful tree He's a fruitful tree that is next to waters, to a well waters, being watered constantly. His branches have grown over the wall. His branches has gone past what it used to be. Who are these people? Who are these people that flourish? Who are these people that are fruitful? Who are these people that that continue to produce things that glorify God. Psalm chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man who's not walking according to the ways of this world. Joseph surely was not walking like the others were walking. He wasn't walking in the counsel of the ungodly. He wasn't standing with sinners. He wasn't sitting next to those that were mocking. His brothers were mocking. Verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. He's at church. He's planted in the house of God. He's flourishing. He's getting ready for tomorrow. His laws are his meditation day and night. Verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted. Chapter 3, verse, yeah, verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He'll be close to the provisions. It's a well-watered garden. He's not far from the provisions of that. Every half hour. He's not stressed out. It brings fruit. This is the verse the Lord gave me. Every plant will give fruit in its season. Why did you rip out the gardenia? Because I didn't know that it wasn't the season. I didn't know it wasn't time. And a lot of us are giving up and throwing the towel in, and, and, and we don't know that it's not our season yet. His leaf will not wither. Whatever he does will prosper. David could say this, Psalm 52, verse 8, I hope this is you, you, what you say also. I hope this is what you say. Let's go to Psalm 52, verse 8. He says, I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not a tumbleweed. I'm not flying to and fro, running from this place to that place. I'm a green olive tree in the house of the Lord. I'm going to trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I'm going to see God's glory, His faithfulness. I am His planting. I love what it says in Isaiah when they start asking, how did these people flourish? Who are these people that are just flourishing? And you know what they say? They are the planting of the Lord. 
They are those that God has planted in the house of God. And for so many people, this is not the case. I'm going to find that for you because as these people begin to say, who are these people? Who are these people that flourish in the midst of famine, in the midst of of hunger, in a place of thirsty lands? Where are these people? How do, how do, where did they come from? And then there's that big voice that says, these are the planting of Lord. This is Isaiah 61, verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give beauty for ashes, oil for, of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. If you, if you don't have this understanding that God is plowing, God is preparing the field, God is working, you, you need to have that receptive, listen to me, appreciative heart that he sends rains and seasons. That he has the good seed and you're welcoming it. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water. He sends out his roots by the streams and does not fear in times of heat, for his leaves remain green. And he's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. We've entered into serious seasons and times in our life. And it doesn't matter what's coming our way. God has manifested fruit. We continue to know that we are a tree of the Lord. Are you a tree of the Lord? Are you a tree? Are you planted in the house of God? Are you receiving his, his dew from heaven? On a daily basis, it falls his sufficient grace. Songs of Solomon 4:12. The man comes up to his wife and says, You are an awesome garden. You let yourself flourish. You let yourself manifest the seed of the Lord. You are a garden enclosed, my sister. Now imagine, my sp- he says, my sister, my spouse, you're a spring, you're close to the spring. You're a fountain that's sealed up. You're right there. You're sucking all the nutrients out and you flourish. Have you seen somebody flourish in God? The countenance they have, the joy they have, the hope, the faith, the love they have. Have you seen someone who is straining? Who hasn't seen water in a long time? He says in verse 13, he says, I've come into this place, and all I see are your plants, promigrated with pleasant fruit, you're super pleasant, fragrance, you're super attractive, spikenard, henna, these are the best spices, verse 14, spikenard and saffron, calamus, cinnamon, with all trees of, uh, trees of frankincense, myrrhs, alloys, with all the chief spices. Have you seen somebody try to give themselves away when they're still not the season of fruit? Have you seen somebody strip like a desert 
and there's barely a cactus there with a little flower. And people say, I want to get married. Crazy. You have thorns all over you. You're gonna, it's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be becoming. He says there in verse 16, um, he says, Blow north wind, blow south wind, blow upon my garden, let, let the spices flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat his pleasant fruit. Listen to me, bitterness is not pleasant, resentment is not pleasant, thorns, thistles, that's not your garden. That's not God's reflection. That's not his manifestation. That's not what God wants. That doesn't cause the world to say, we want to be like them. They're so prickly. They're so thorny. They hurt. When we eat them, they're bitter. They're not mature fruit. And so he says, blow in my garden and let him come and enjoy the fruit. And that's what the Lord expects from us when he comes. He's going to expect for us to be ready. And so you'll see not only is the man seen as a tree planted next to the waters, as, as an olive tree that flourishes in the house of God. Read with me Psalm 128, verse 3. He says, a wife will be a fruitful vine. A wife shall be like a fruitful vine. And her children around the house, olive plants, as they sit at your table, they're going to be the, the product of what you sow seeds. I'm so careful in the life of my children what I'm going to sow in their life. Because I know whatever I sow, that's going to pop up. If I, if I sow bitterness, resentment, if you take on those seeds, if you... you Give it a little, a little cultivation and nourishing. Psalm 144 verse 12 says that our sons in their youth shall be. Do we have that yet? 144 12. Our sons may be plants growing up in their youth. They, they could be like well-nourished plants. Have you eaten some of these plants from some of these families full of cursing full of envy full of hatred full of unforgiveness resentment bitterness no our sons are to be well nurtured plants John 15 verse 8 he says this is all for my father's glory all that is an expression of what's taking place in our life is for the glory of God John 15 8 By this, my Father is very glorified that you bear much fruit. That you would walk in the disciplines of, of God's character. That you would, you would concern yourself with the, you know, one of the things is watching TV. All those seeds that are coming that way. And you're sitting in front of it. Your kids are sitting in front of it. Seeds that are thrown in the, in the, in the sand that are sown in our lives, producing fruit that is crazy. This is all to my Father's glory, that you would be an expression of fruitfulness. I was asking the men yesterday, do they have a vision for what it means, 
what is the full expression of what they're going to offer this world. If mango trees give mangoes, if orange trees give oranges, if avocados give avocados, and how many say they're all good? I've had all those, and they're good. What is the full expression of what you are, your children is, in their, the prime of their life as, as they flourish in the house of God? What is the fruit that you're going to pick? Is it going to be world-changing fruit? Is it going to be category, wow, amazing? Sadly enough, I want to tell you something, that as God cultivates and nurtures, and He has the best seed and the best, the best soil, and, and, and then sometimes what comes out is bitter fruit. Isaiah 5, verse 1, He says, let me sing a song to you. This is, this is the heart of God. If, if you're here tonight, and you, don't waste your time. Wednesday night Bible study is to go deeper into the heart of God. The indifference of people that don't come, they don't want to know the heart of God, but let me show it to you. Let my, me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My most beloved, talking about God, has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. Verse 2. He comes to this garden and he's, he clears it up. He digs it up. He clears out its stones. He makes sure there's nothing hindering its development and growth. He planted it with the choicest seed. He's giving you the best of the best. That means when he puts this in your heart, it's supposed to grow up and be the expression of God's glory. He planted it with the choicest seed. He built a tower in the midst. And he also made a wine press in it. He wanted to see the fruit. So he expected to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And why? Verse 3. Inhabitants of Jerusalem, men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. This is what God says. What more could I have done in the direction of making you an amazing garden what more could I have done to my vineyard that I have not done in it and why then when I expected amazing harvest did it bring forth wild grapes if you read the rest of that portion it is not very good because if you're not going to be a fruitful garden you're going to be a what a desert wilderness a desolate wild place and there's two things there's not three things either you're going to be the expression of the manifest glory of God and your life will will manifest what he does by you listening to him by you meditating on his word day and night by you flourishing or your life is going to be a land of thistles and thorns and he says it there verse 5 now please let me tell you what I will do to my garden, to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge. How many want God to just begin to remove his protection, his boundaries? The hedge is to keep the pest out. When God comes to tell you, listen, this is not good. You're not to say, well, I think it's good. No, no, the hedge is there to protect you. A hedge of thorns, it protects you from wild beasts. It protects you from those that come to, to devour the fruit of God. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take the hedge away. 
It shall be burned and, and break down its walls. And it shall be trampled down. In verse 6, it says like this. People now will trample my garden. I will lay it to waste. It will become a wasteland. It shall not be pruned or dug. But there shall come up with it briars and thorns. And I will command the clouds that they not rain on it. Guys, I, I don't even like to read this stuff. But this is how some people have failed to appreciate what God's hand is doing in our lives. His care. And not from now since the beginning. And it's, it's constant and it's every day. In verse 7, he says, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty. Who does it belong to? God. Who do we belong to? God. Is the nation of Israel. And the people of Judah are the vines he delighted. And he looked for justice, but nobody wanted it. He heard cries of distress. And David was close to the heart of God. And he says, These men who don't allow God to deal with their lives, 2 Samuel 23, verse 6, are sons of rebellion. They're like thorns that are only good to be thrown away because they cannot be touched with the hand. They cannot be tenderly inspected. They cannot be safeguarded. The sons of rebellion are as thorns that are not good but to throw away because they cannot be taken with the hands. They don't let themselves be planted. They don't let themselves be pruned. They don't let themselves, uh, you know, be, be helped out. The awful Cuban saying, Arbol torcido, quien lo enderezará, is a lie from the pit of hell. Twisted tree, who can make it straight? God. God can make it straight. God has the, the, the ability to fashion our lives and make us, he says, the cedars of Lebanon. He compares us to the greatest trees ever known to man, those that surrounded Israel. But hear what he says in Hebrews 6, 7. He says, after the ground soaks up the rain, and the ground is you. After you take in the provision of God that often comes upon it, if he bears fruit that is useful, if everything God has done in your life produces in you, because I want to just... We haven't said this, but I'm going to say it. That your life is for other people's benefit. It's not for you. My, my fruitfulness is not for me. I, I, I feel like a tree that everybody's always coming up to pluck up a good apple. Let me get my vitamin C for today. Let me get my whatever the fruit has. I, I'm doing smoothies now. And I, I want a peach in there. I'll take an apple. Whatever we are fruitful is for the benefit for those around us. And if you don't have anybody coming up to get anything from you, you're probably a cactus. You probably, you know something, you might have one flower there, but you have nothing else. And God wants you to be fruitful. And so he says these words. If you take often what comes upon you and you bear fruit that's useful... For the one who cultivate it, you'll receive blessings from God. But look what it says in verse 8. But if it bears thorns and briars, it's rejected. 
and it's almost about to be cursed, and its end is to be thrown out to be burned. I, I don't see three options here. I don't see God saying, you know, there's another way out. Although, when he's writing this verse, in verse 9, he says, I'm not talking about you guys because you're here on Wednesday night. I'm not talking about you guys because you guys are walking confident in better things. You guys, it says like this, dear friends, even though we're talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things that accompany this salvation. But it doesn't cease to be true. In the Old Testament, he says, I will stop raining on your land. I'll remove everything, and you could be as wild as you want to go. Born to be wild. I said, that's a lie of the devil. You're born to be wise. You're born to flourish for the glory of God. And then we finally finish in Judges chapter 9, where there's a competition there. And one of the guy has killed the avocados, the, the killed the oranges, killed the strawberries, and, and, and he's not allowing. Look what it says here real quick. Let's go to Judges 9. Verse 7. Jotham heard about what was going on, and he climbed to the top of the mountain. And he said, listen to me, citizens of Shechem. Listen to me if you want God to listen. Once upon a time, verse 8, Judges 9, verse 8. Once upon a time, the trees decided to choose a leader. And they went over to the olive tree and says, hey, you be our king. And he says, no. No, I'm not going to be your king. Verse 9. I'm only producing. The olive said to them, should I cease producing my olive oil, which honors God, and go to be hailed by the trees? Verse 10. Then the trees went to the fig tree. You come and be our king. And he says, no. Verse 11. I won't be your king. Should I cease giving my sweetness and my good fruit to go and pay attention to the trees? Verse 12. So the trees said to the vine, the grapevine, come and be our king. It wasn't the olive tree. It wasn't the fig tree. And now the grape tree. Come and be our king. He says, no. Verse 13. The vine said to them, should I cease giving forth my fruit that makes new wine, that cheers both God and men? God delights to see us flourishing and go to be a sway over the trees. Verse 14. Then all the trees said to the tumbleweed, hey, you be our king. What do you think the tumbleweed said? Sure. I have no fruit. I have no roots. I'll do whatever you guys want. You come and be our king, verse 15. And the thunder, the, the tumbleweed said to the trees, if in truth, the bramble bush, no roots, no fruit, no leaves, if in truth you make me your king, then come and take shelter under my shade. How many has ever seen a tumbleweed with shade? There's no leaves. There's no provision. You be our king, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let the fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars. Uh, I, I want you to meditate tonight. Matthew 7, verse 16. 
Jesus says, you can tell who my people are because they're fruitful. By the way they live life, you can pick grapes from a vine. You could get, grab figs from a tree. You could grab olive oil from an olive tree. But you can never get fruit from a thorn bush. You can never get figs from a thistle. Verse 17, a good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Verse 19, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you will know people by how they're growing their garden. Proverbs 24, 30, and I finish with this. The Bible says, I went past the field of a lazy man. I went by the field of a guy that wasn't producing anything and the vineyard of the man that had no understanding. Verse 31. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. And I realized something in verse 32. I applied what I had seen. I saw it and considered it. And I went deep into it and looked on it and received instruction. Verse 33. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a bandit. And scarcity. Verse 34. Twenty-four, thirty-four. He says a little bit of these attitudes in our life will bear no fruit. Proverbs 24, 34, guys. So your poverty, unfruitfulness will come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Could we stand tonight and ask God, Lord, I want, I want to be planted I want to take root in the house of the Lord. I want to flourish in the courts of our God. I want to take in the, the rain that falls. I want to stop being a, thun, a tumbleweed, a bramble. I want to stop not being able to be a blessing to those around me. Each one of us, I'm going to tell you right now, each one of us has the provisions in the offerings. If you guys want to see fruitfulness come during the dance camp in the morning. You guys want to see the fruit of God? And then when you look over and you look at the trees that are producing this fruit. Go into Sunday school. Look at the fruit. Ask God. God. Let me produce, if, if you, this morning I was here and I was watching, we have this worship team, we have a Latino worship team, we have the youth worship team, and now there's a little, there's a little plant growing that are, are the little kids that are 11 and 12 years old. They have their own worship team. Just flourishing. 
house of God. Flourishing in the house of God. And God expects, and he says in his word, that no man shall present himself before the Lord without fruit. I suggest we get down, get our roots really grounded and start producing fruit for his glory. Get the good seed, water it, water it, nourish it, cultivate it. Do everything you can do for God and do it now. Everything. The Bible says, he who considered the clouds will not go to work the fields. I think it's going to rain today. I, I think the economy is, is not good today. I think my neighbor's going to come out and he's going to probably hit me with his car. You keep on coming with excuses. You keep on coming with reasons. It says a lazy man doesn't go out to work because he says, there's a lion out there. God wants us to be fruitful. This is the word of the Lord for you tonight. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for your provision tonight. We are your garden. The Bible says that he is, my father is the gardener, the vine dresser. I am the vine, you are the branches. That's the expression he gave. wants us to bear fruit, bear fruit, bear fruit, bear fruit, bear fruit, that it would be sweet, that it would be pruned, that it would be the choice fruit. Father, bless us as you continue to prosper us in this field. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. As we sing this song, go ahead and greet one another in the love of the Lord.